Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Good morning and good afternoon and good evening, no matter where you are on this planet. Today, I am in Seattle, and it is July 18th, and it's Saturday at 6 p.m. This is always available online at 1150 KKNW, and it repeats Thursday morning at 6 a.m. at the same deal, or your wonderful podcast. And we're in the month of cancer in fact it's been five sessions on saturdays for cancer and we have a second new moon it happens every 29 months which interestingly is very similar to the phases for a progressed moon and other ways of systems of counting because astrology is all about cycles and repeating themes that we can measure in these various synergetic ways. It's it's a, like a kaleidoscope. Yes, it truly is. So tonight we are talking about the new moon in Cancer of 28 degrees and 33 minutes because there were 60 minutes in a degree just to give that little bit of information. And this is Pacific Daylight Time here. And on the East Coast, well, here it happened at, it will be on July 20th in two days at 10.33 a.m. Or it'll be 1.33 p.m. Eastern Time. You know, the first one was zero degrees on the solstice. That was June 20th. So this is very extraordinary in the sense that the zero degree was right at the world axis degree. There are four, the angles. And it's also a northern point. And this is along the horoscope and details you can always find out more about as you study. So it was at the solstice. So the sun in the northern hemisphere is at its highest point. If you were down below in the southern hemisphere, it would be at the lowest point because it's point being that cancer is such a wide, widely distributed here among all the other aspects, which my guest and I will cover it some, you know, as as we progress in the collective uh, inspired conversation. But from zero to the last degree, you could say covers the gamut in some ways of experience. And hasn't that been the truth? We've had three eclipses, and they span progressively two weeks before and two weeks after minimum. So it's an eight week. And and then again, it can be flipping back half a year to three years. And the the time really becomes as the universe timeless, as far as how one can measure it in different ways. I mean, that's just a broad statement. So I am very pleased that Tara All a Los Angeles evolutionary archetypal astrologer and tarot consultant 
evolutionary astrologer. Oh, yeah. thank you. Thank you, Tara. <laughs> no okay. Worries. That's beautiful. I, I don't so want to take credit for something that I'm, that I, I can't follow through on. So, oh, okay. Well, you're so archetypally uh, concerned. I guess that's it. So maybe uh, I'll, yeah. Okay, no. And she returns as wonderfully. It's been with us for a few years. So if you want to check, um, you'll find that there are many repeats of other conversations. And Tara lectures nationally, internationally at astrology conferences, webinars, online. And she's published in astrology magazines and currently the resident astrological or astrologer, I should say, head writer for Sage Goddess. And presently at the publisher is a book, Releasing the Moon, an Astrological Journey of Self-Discovery, that Tara All and Aswin Subramanian have, have co-authored. So, Tara, you can correct me if I said his name incorrectly, or anyway, it's just great to have you looking so forward yeah. to it's always it's always fun to be with you sue on the show yeah it's, <laughs> it's it's ashwin it's fine and ashwin and i were this book was like uh a year in the process and so yes it's at the publisher and we're excited and it's about the moon but also about uh all the phases the eight phases in particular the moon in relationship to each of the other planets and the phases they make in your birth chart. So we're, we're excited, but we're in the, we're, we're standing by waiting for the next step to happen. It's always true. And isn't that like the moon really yeah. when we think about yeah. it yeah. <laughs> because it's systematic <laughs> as every eight, four weeks, but you know, the, um, and, and the new moon of course is a very seed part of that. And this, I was going to ask you a silly question, but so I won't do that because I was going to say, now, what phase are we in? And I just answered that we're in a new moon phase. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. A little, little repeating, but in one. Well, but actually, but right now we're not in new phase. This exactly. is a good point. Right now we're still in balsamic and that's important because this is when you want to release things. You want to yes. let things go. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Old habits, old patterns. Great time for that. Absolutely. And especially being in cancer, it's all about the past and deep yeah. past, really. Yeah. yeah. And opposing the energy is right opposite all that kind of strong plant. I mean, by strong planets, I mean, the outer ones of, Ju well, the social ones, Jupiter and Saturn, I'm saying this, fans. Mm -hmm. and the transpersonal, which is Pluto has a long transit and has been in Capricorn and Saturn has just returned just I think as a week or so I'm not sure and Jupiter for the year but it's potent really dynamic energies that the sun and moon are now uh across you know opposing yeah this tension I think that's a good word for it if there's tension I know we were talking um privately you know before this before this show and I was mentioning to you there's an astrologer named Ange Stoic who I follow and he was talking about anytime you deal with cancer you're dealing with the most personal story right the most personal story is going to be featured so I think one of the questions for all of us right now we know there's lots of things going on collectively but with cancer they're always and especially when it's opposing all those planets in Capricorn 
to take responsibility for looking at ourselves, right? Because with cancer, there's something personal and especially with an opposition trying to get our awareness. And if we can do that, you know, it truly does change the way we're able to relate with ourselves, you know, each other, the whole planet, the whole, whole deal. So to me, this is very much a new moon. It's interesting because new moons are setting new intentions, but in my mind, it is setting new intentions in some ways to deal with the past in a new way. And when I say the past, I mean like the story and history that we make every day that we drag in from all the things that we're attached to or that we remember from what's happened before. Absolutely. I mean, expressed because Saturn, of course, is time and tradition. And, you know, sometimes we think of just our current life, which for cancer, it is our childhood, which is very deep, deep in all of us, sometimes hidden. And so it takes that stillness to reconnect. And then the traditions that are passed on from our ancestors, you know, it's also our ancestors. So just expounding on when you say new intentions to deal with the past, it's just so relevant, deeper than at first considered. And doesn't that seem to be really the, the name of the times is that concepts, whatever they might be, may have become trite and kind of covered in just a general terms, but we're experiencing them so deeply, like mm-hmm. just that past and um, traditions. It's and on a personal basis, that's good because on a collective basis, we can we see it. You know, everybody's responding. So personally, and part of that word also that floods in my mind, water flooding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's flooded now. Yeah. Is um, uh, processing because personal needs processing. Yeah, and let's not forget that cancer is a cardinal sign which means it's initiating something, but it's a yin sign, meaning it's initiating something on the inside. In evolutionary astrology, we talk about cancer being uh, the, the stage of development where you, where you really form your self-identity, meaning you become an old enough child that you recognize yourself with your own separate feelings and your, you know, your, your own separate um, self. And so you sort of form that idea, give yourself edges of who you're going to be as a person. And for most of us, somewhere in that process, it didn't go so well. You know, I'm, I'm saying for every single person out there, there are, are certainly, we tried to fit ourselves in containers that we didn't fit in. We, you know, do things because society or our parents or conditioning says we should do it. And with cancer, really part of the, the initiation on the inside is to figure out in some respects, who you are. And that's an inside job, you know, but it sure affects everything externally. Because if you're not solid in that, you know, and we can think about it this way. I always think about Leo following cancer, right? Leo, you know, wants to express itself and show that it has value, right? And show its special talents. But you can't do that unless you've done the previous cancer work of discovering who you are. And that really speaks of the square, you know, the cardinal square, because you've got the Aries on the one side that is separating. And so by the time it um, that's at the ascendant, I'm not sometimes speaking for that broad audience, but by squaring, it forces us to separate those emotions. It's so true. And then on the other hand, the opposite that it's T squaring of the Libra 
can be, uh, which is on the seventh house, can be projected, like not because it is the other. We can think, oh, it belongs to the other. We're actually, it belongs to ourself. We're just not looking at it. And so we're like mirroring it to the other person or they're mirroring it back to us. We just get, get lost in that pro yeah. business. Yeah, so for sure. Cancer, can, I, I always say like, cancer is not easy work. It's just not. And in the chart, you know, it's, it's linked with naturally with the fourth house, which is the anchor, right? It's your ballast, you know, it's your bedrock. So basically, you know, we can think of just old stories of like, if you build your house on the sand, it's going to crumble down, right? The, it's the same sort of thing with cancer and the, in the development of the psyche. Yeah, the three, who were the three little pigs or they built different houses. <laughs> the house of straw, yeah. We learned yeah. early. <laughs> <Wasn't sure. laughs> yeah. Which is perfect because cancer in some respects, it's very, it's, it's very attached with security. You oh, know? yes. I mean, emotional security the most, but I mean, cancer wants to be safe. It's ruled by the moon, right? Which is, which we, which we didn't point this out either, right? The, we have a new moon in cancer, which is a sign naturally ruled by the moon. Yes. Uh, good. Thank you. Thank you. Back for basics. That's right. And attachment. You know, when we think too, that the moon reflects the light, they're called the luminaries. So the sun is our star that orbit, I mean, emits all the the, the light generously and really is the center focal point that in astrology and in life we all um, relate to or, or uh, uh, threads all the astrological you know, through our will and through our being. But the moon is the other source of light. Of course, Venus is really bright up there too. But yeah. And I actually saw this last year, a moon, a Venus shadow, which I learned is evident Jim and I Brett was saying yes mm. but Shannon um Hayes who's also on the show and I think you know and I were out looking at the water seeing when um Venus was before she set as an evening star to the morning star and there across the bay here in Seattle because you used to live up in Seattle yeah, yeah. there was this huge uh it looked like a moonbeam across the water, really broad. But we were perched up on a hill because there aren't too many dark spots really in Seattle. Yeah. And I thought, well, it's just floodlights. I mean, in my naivety, it's floodlights from the shore. But gradually it started to, as Venus was setting it, it retreated across the water. And so it was, no, that's a moon shadow, or a Venus shadow. Yeah. But so, um, but the point that, the moon, of course, is our moon that reflects the light. Yeah, I think it's a good point because the moon doesn't not, there. The, no light comes from the moon. It's all the sun's light. So, you know, it's funny that we call, I mean, and I'm sure that it's just become common. We just say the lunar phases, the moon phases, but the moon doesn't have any phases by itself. The phases are the relationship between the sun and moon, right? Oh. So. It's very important that we remember that the moon's not doing something on its own. It's all relationship. And so like this whole show today on the new moon, anytime we talk about any of the phases, it's all relationship. It's never one thing. And I think it's also interesting when I think about the idea of the moon reflecting the sun's light. So the sun is so bright. We all know we, if we look at it, it burns our retinas, right? We, it's not, we can't directly experience it. 
we can only experience that light directly through the moon. And that tells us something again about what these things represent in ourselves. The moon uh, is very much linked with common everyday people, right? It's, it is the approachable part of us. It's the human part of us. You know, the, the sun is very much more kind of our, the spirit part of us. And so I always feel like when you're working with the moon, you're working with maybe the most human aspect that you can of, of, of someone. Um, and we all know that that's, like I said, that's not easy. And so you put the moon in its own sign of cancer and you get a double down dose of humanity. And, you know, that comes with its good and that comes with its challenges. All personal. That wraps right back to the first yeah. said. <laughs> Always I mean, personal with the moon. Yeah. It well, it really is. I happen to favor cancer people, I think, which is sort of remarkable. But of course I have the moon in the first <laughs> house, maybe. I don't know. But I'm swamped in my family, mm. my marriage, people I care for. And me so too. Here we I are. I was thinking, <laughs> yes, you're I didn't want to say that, but yes, yes, you are. Fine. And so um, and and it is remarkable how because things, you know, on one side, one might say, well, don't, why take it so personal? But on the other hand, it's like how one. Uh, it, it, pro, uh, well, the word processing can even be overused, maybe, but it is how one integrates into their experience. Mm -hmm. It's their experience. So you have to relate first to your own experience and therefore it becomes personal. You know? Yeah. I love it. Like Stephen Forrest in his books, he'll talk about, because, you know, oftentimes we as astrolog astrologers will say, oh, the outer planets are not personal or something is generational. Oh, yeah. Right. And he just basically laughed and he goes, are you joking? He's like, are you telling me that for you, Pluto in your chart is not personal? You know? So that exactly what you were saying is that there, as long as we're human, it's going to be personal. That doesn't mean that we can't see things broader, but there's, you can't escape the personal. Everything is personal. And that's really what we're here to do, right? We're here to do our own, our own thing. I mean, I'm not saying it's not in service of something greater, but I think sometimes we, um, in some ways we almost demonize that idea of personal, right? Or ego, right? Cause the moon and sun both can get associated with the ego. But that is part of identifying who we Absolutely. are separately. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's why we're here. Yeah. So. And then again, everything has purpose. So I think if there was uh, an opportunity to to provide and share like the sun does, you know, with yeah. its light in that case, because you begin to see the thread maybe between in the second quadrant there where you know, it's Cancer, Leo, Virgo. Virgo, yes. of course, is a service and Cancer is the personal story and the nurturing and the attachments and and mother, home, you know, all these factors. But Leo in there is the, the, the development and the manifestation. So anyway, I was thinking that um, and, and right now it's personal sun, moon that emotion and uh will or spirit and matter however we heart and spirit even it. you could say too because moon is very Love much it. linked with the heart yeah yes and it's focused across uh, in a phase you know the opposition i mean there's like 180 degrees that's from the big circle of looking at this capricorn energy that of course, 
the water planet needs a container. But then again, you know, so Saturn's yeah. a container, but sometimes a container doesn't fit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and what I love going back to before we, we have about five minutes before we have our okay. break. Um, who you are, that really is a huge factor too right now as of a few days well, in fact, it could, well, anyway, Chiron and Mars are both in Aries and yep. conjoined at nine degrees, I think, just a few days ago right now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so um, as of the new moon, it'll be 12 and nine, there'll still be an orb. Yep. But that's so significant because Aries or Chiron rather is in Aries, the big search can I be myself and can it be okay? My own identity. Yeah. Yeah, no, it definitely is. It can be, it can even feel like a self-identity crisis. You know, you, you all of a sudden realize, especially conjunct Mars, you all of a sudden realize that, you know, you've been playing too small or you've been wearing the wrong costume, right? Or you've been on the wrong stage or you've been on the wrong planet, you know, whatever your story is. But we carry a lot of a, a frustration in that of, literally just not feeling like we're able to be what we are. And those are those things, these are such core things we're talking about that um, it's hard sometimes even to find words or like even to make sense of it in our heads. And so sometimes it comes out in um, honestly, sometimes angry behavior, sometimes, you know, rebellious behavior comes out in all different sorts of ways. I don't know if you noticed this Sue, but the moon, so this new moon, is going to be quintile the asteroid Juno. <clears throat> oh, good. Yes. And I always like, I, you know, I, I for me, like, I'm kind of a basic astrology, meaning like I don't use a whole bunch of the fancy aspects because for me, I just uh, doing more with less gets me further. But the quintile, when it shows up, I pay attention to it because it's such a potential for something innovative, right? For some sort of like a brilliant insight or a new way of sometimes we call it like the aspect of genius, although I'm not a big fan of that word, but you know where I'm going with this. But with the moon, quintile, Juno. And 72 degrees, I should say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The thing with Juno, one thing for me that Juno always represents is commitments and what you're committed to. And the number one thing with Juno uh, uh, is, are you committed to yourself? Now, Juno is also linked with partnership, so that's a different piece, but I'm just taking this very simply because the new moon is opposed all those planets in Capricorn, including Saturn. We have commitment coming at us from more than one angle. Absolutely. And, it, and Juno happens to be in the sign of Libra, which yeah. is partnership. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's actually exactly opposite Mars. So Mars is that separation and Mars is in its own sign. So Mars is definitely wanting to separate, needing to separate. You know, when I think about the climate and in, well, the climate collectively without expressing things, which I think so many of us are aware of, um, of, of protests for equality, of dignity, dignity of the individual to be unif- unilaterally recognized and honored as, as a human um, really relates to this entire dynamic. And I love the fact you brought up Juno because it is an asteroid and she, in mythology, as we know, she was the wife of Zeus or Jupiter, the 
the God of all, you know, the collective uh, um, gods. But it is that alliance. It is like, what, how are we being true to uh, that in that duality of self and other but it's yin it goes right back Tara to everything you've said yeah. in the beginning that <clears throat> this is processing it's personal and it's yin and it's within and 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 in some ways we need to by looking at the past what of these stories were parts that really don't align with us they may have been family stories they could have been societal stories it could be that it was the story wasn't fully told which we're finding out in history all the time just shockingly i'm so amazed to discover more detail that uh of gross conduct of not just conduct but of perception you know um, which is wanting to be broken is like breaking the shield in order to repurpose it, to, to yeah. redefine things. Yeah, hundred percent. And you brought up Chiron. Chiron's always about breaking open to heal. You know, it's not, it doesn't have to be a breakdown. It's, you know, but, but you got to open. But one thing I was going to say, when you were mentioning that these different uh, conditionings or these false stories, you mentioned a lot of outside places. I just want to add that our own personal stories. I mean, the ones like that I make up in my own head. I also, I need to look at those too. Cause there are things that I tell me every day about you, about life, about me, in our case, about astrology that are not true. I, for me, the words that come up with this sort of collection of things that we've all talked about is self-integrity to me. That's just maybe what I would say is like the banner hanging over this new moon. Boy, that's beautiful. Integrity is ethics. It's accountability. It's it's karma. You know, karma is what happens after dharma. I guess dharma is what we do. And therefore, it brings in some kind of a consequence, which is not A to B. It's just a, a, a situation that develops. It's sort of like a plant that's been put in the wrong soil or the right soil or yeah. in the wrong location. Well, and Sue, it's also with, you know, cause and effect, it's also a whole bunch of causes. Like this is why it's so hard to track these things because it's not one thing. It's a hundred things all affecting each other, ending up somewhere. For me, integrity is about alignment. It's aligning, you know, my higher self, my lower self, aligning my mind and my heart and my actions. So it's not a morality thing. It's a, am I in alignment with all the parts of me? And that, so to me, ultimately that looks different for each of us. And that's why I say, you know, it's an inside job of figuring out, are you in alignment with you truly, deeply, honestly? Well, that wraps the whole picture together because then it means that one really has to, uh, I'm thinking this, is it okay to be me? And it goes back to uh, taking the inside view and reviewing the past and the whole framework, like you say, it's so <laughs> complex. We'll be right back. I am with Tara All from Los Angeles, an evolutionary astrologer, author, lecturer, and we are talking about the second new moon this month, which is 28 degrees and 33 minutes of cancer. And we'll be right back. While we take
take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. Currently, we are in the period of Cancer. By leaving a cycle based on connecting mental communication to the external, the energy of Cancer involves emotions, which create our personal story through our emotional associations and attachments. As a cardinal water sign that is nurturing, Cancer needs to process emotions in one's own internal rhythm of cycles in order to complete an evolution. Hi, this is Petra Touchard of Petra Touchard Astrology, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we discuss the meaningfulness of our roots in the stars. No other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk 1150. Again, this is Sudros Minahan and Talk Cosmos. Tonight is July 18, Saturday, and we repeat Thursday. That's the five days later, the 23rd of July at six in the morning. That's Pacific time. And Tara All is my guest tonight from Los Angeles, and we're talking about this new moon. And just as we were taking our little break, I was thinking of the word nostalgia. I was listening to uh, Linda Bird Kaboto um, speak at Astro Hub, and, and she was bringing up, it was like, oh my gosh, I don't think of that word itself. Because the nostalgia, what this with this complicated issue that is not, well, I was going to say not staying away, but is remaining in our experience every day is of coronavirus is nostalgia to a point and is memory. You know, that's another factor of, of cancer is so much memory, that thought. But I'm also thinking that but we can't get hung up so much with nostalgia. I mean, sometimes I think memory, if best served, is like going across the sea or any water in a sailboat where you look, you sort of track with the wind and maybe look behind to get some reference, but then you point straight ahead. I'm not a real sailor, but I <laughs> somehow I've got that idea. Does that make sense? I think, uh, so, uh, I, I think about, so with, 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 here's my deal with memory uh, and with cancer in particular, with which I uh, am uh, blessed with a whole lot of it in my chart. So I work with it every day, all day long, um, is that the memory uh, is, uh, memories are, are honestly just new emotional reactions to original emotional reactions, which were never really factual to begin with. So you have to remember that when you're working with cancer and you're working with reactions and memories, um, that so much of it's made up. And I don't mean that in any kind of a negative way. I just mean it is like, it's how we're reacting to things that we're bringing up in our head. Right. And so there's this huge realm of cancer that is sometimes disconnected from what somebody else is really thinking, what's, what actually happened, what is actually happening. Um, because it's so tied up in the personal context. It's so subjective. You know, that the verbal part triggers earlier that you had mentioned about the frustration of Aries and, and in, in the separation process and the, it's a cardinal and wanting to go ahead. And the fact really that this ties in with cancer that the first two signs, 
Aries and Taurus are nonverbal signs because they come before Gemini. And one of the gifts of Gemini is that it lends uh, stories to our emotional basis in the fourth house. You know, each sign uh, developing further our pattern of um, existence and identity. So it is very true that we it is the connotation of made up has, you know, can be questioned, but the fact is it is our story mm -hmm. and it, it gets back to that alignment and it gets back to reflecting, realizing that the reflection that we gather from the moment, just like light coming through a window or the sunsets can vary and that can shift how we originally see something, which is a beautiful part of it. And really that makes for correction. I mean, this whole idea, now I'm a little branching out in my thought, which I do, but I'm thinking of the prisons, that this idea of, well, one of the stories we're having right now is down in one of the Southern states. I don't know if it's Georgia, you can correct me which state maybe, but and so I shouldn't suggest one if I don't know because I'm sitting up here in the Northwest, up in Washington. But the fact is, is if people, it had been voted that a couple years ago, that if people were in jail as a felon and then it completed their term, that they could vote. And now it's being questioned and trying to be revoked by the governor of that state. And it really upsets me I will say I am upset about this. I get upset about uh, social things. <laughs> I try to keep it small, but I will at least express the fact that it does really upset me because I, in my belief, and this is the back to the story of cancer, the personal part, is that prisons are, the purpose of it is just like on a societal basis to pause a person However long, and granted, this is the ideal, so there's not one fit all, but the process generally so that they have time. Like the ideal Mandela of, of South Africa, who sat there for many years, going through so many different personal stories in his head until he was able to emerge whole with himself to the point that he could become a leader from being imprisoned to this leader of South Africa. I mean, that's what one obtain, a, a, I don't know, strives to obtain. But so in other words, by, by saying that they're made up and our faults is so um, air, full of error and then getting to the point where we aren't recognizing that people can reflect and recreate a new story that's in alignment with themselves defeats the entire purpose of imprisonment. Otherwise, it just becomes, I think, someone trying to pretend to be some deity, a force that's trying to have revenge. You know, it's nothing else. Well, I think I think I think about this with cancer and it's funny we haven't we haven't talked about a lot of the beautiful things about cancer. We were, oh good. We, we 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 sort of I mean but, but there is a lot of growing was, up to do. There's there's a lot of growing up to do with cancer. Let's just say that. And when it opposes Capricorn planets, you know there's even more growing up to do. But um here's the thing. So cancer at its sort of a lower expression or more shadowy expression 
it's very um, uh, like it's it's limiting in who it considers to be its quote unquote family, right? Its sense of belonging is limited to who I decide that is, you know. Uh, and at the higher expression, to me, the fuller expression, in fact, the esoteric ruler of cancer is Neptune. So the higher expression would be that we are all we all belong together, right? We are all one. So when we start to look at these things like like, and it's not just that in the prisons, it's also just leaving people to die from COVID in the prisons, you know, with this, with it overtaking. And because in some ways that means that someone has sort of made a decision that somehow those people don't count. You know, there was a, there was a suggestion somewhere that maybe, because I think one of the states that had one of the huge prison problems, there was such a huge rise of COVID, they just wanted to exclude that from the statistics. So their state didn't look so high for COVID. Yeah. And I'm saying that reflects to me, the side of cancer that wants to pick and choose who is quote unquote mine, right? Who's part of, who's, who's part of what I consider to be my people. Um, and <laughs> so in, yeah, so interesting yeah. because, see, I was thinking of the Saturnian Capricorn side, but I'm glad you brought up that this is a tribal sort of but it's um, always protection. Both. So let's talk about some of the beautiful things yeah. because I had not realized either that perhaps we were getting. Yeah. And just I, real, I, but real quickly, because you can't do cancer without Capricorn. Polarities are one field of energy, right, Sue? So like, oh, absolutely. so I was just playing the into the, I was just playing into your field. Yeah. <laughs> it came the other side. In fact, <laughs> it, it's like the grand square, right? It's yeah. got the, the yeah. all four um, angles. Yeah. And, yeah. and of course it is an angular sign. <laughs> well, Looking at the phases of the moon, thinking of what you've been uh, focused on in the new publication, it's um, well, it will be relatively in the future, soon in the future. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, the phasal, those phases can be uh, adapted to so many processes of life mm -hmm. but like right now we're in this new moon phase of seed growth and that's another reason to take all this from the past and grow something new mm -hmm. you know with our attachments with our new attachments of, of um, nurturing it and kind of discarding what we're no longer going to be attached to and attaching ourselves to something new. <laughs> well, yeah, because right now we're in the we're in the balsamic phase, which is I I think about often. It's like compost, right? You like you need to look at your life like that. What do you what do you want to put in the compost? You know, pail that's going to like create the fertilizer. And if you don't want it to be part of the mix, now is the time to let it go. One of the best to me. I mean, there's there's a, a number of beautiful things about cancer, just as there is with every single you know sign or every archetype we look at is its ability to grow and nurture things you know that 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 is something at the heart of cancer in fact most cancers they don't all have children not biological children but you will be very rare to find a cancer a strong cancer that does not want to grow or nurture something it's good at that i also feel cancer um cancer when it's mature in itself what i mean by that when it's not when it's no longer looking to the external world to feed it and take care of it and meet its needs which is one of the shadow sides of cancer for sure when it when it is emotionally self-sufficient it's able to be with people through their most human experiences and in their most fragile experiences you know when i'm talking about things like you know you know from little babies to 
people that are old getting ready to transition, to sick people, to people that are very emotionally, you know, upset, to, you know, all these different phases. Because as I was saying, that that connection with humanity, with cancer, unlike Capricorn, Capricorn is more the energy, the polarity that wants to say, okay, let's fix it. Let's work with it. You know, let's make something of it. Cancer in part of its caring nature is able to just be with you without needing to change something. And, you know, and that's such a gift because most of us are uncomfortable just being with uncomfortable stuff, right? Like our nature is to, let's say a friend calls you up and they're really upset. Oftentimes our nature is we want to make it quote unquote better. And, and with cancer, sometimes the best medicine is just to be with that person or be with yourself as you go through what you're going through. Like you said before, it's water, it needs to flow, you know? And so to be present to someone, to be able to stay with them without losing yourself in it, you know, to stay, stay solid in yourself, but to be present, even when it's maybe icky, when it's maybe scary, when it's maybe, you know, I mean, there's some really difficult aspects to human life. Vulnerable is the best word I would say here. Cancer, when it is, is emotionally secure within itself, is it part of its strength is vulnerability that just usually doesn't come until later in life because like i said cancer is sometimes slow to get you know to get to that solid ground it's got a crab it's got like two feet in the water trying to get out on the land you know it's not it's not always there quite yet well a beautiful part about cancer i think to realize is that the flowering the time of processing and it can be on many different levels but it it, it's like any flower or something that in that we look out in nature that has its own timing. It when it's ready, it's totally ready. And it is it can be so functionable. And that's and this idea of being present right with the moment is the whole gift of truly feeling truly manifesting instead of projecting to the future or remembering well the i'm, I'm back to the past here just yeah. using that as like yeah. a little anchor or something no you're absolutely right it's like the 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 only thing we have is now yeah and the that that brings me to the other water sign pisces which i understand that once one realizes that now is not in its entirety of truth we can deal with it without the the without thinking or feeling that it needs to be um in its perfected um re, in a perfected reality in other words it is mm -hmm. as it is and then because at that point then we can to because to be with someone at their pain or in and looking at the other water sign of, of Scorpio that can, yeah. uh, such grief you know through and and I say that understanding the dynamics of the eighth house between the seventh and the ninth and yeah. and the sun as it goes around in its primary motion you know before it sets and 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 all of that which I'm speaking of in astrological ways but just to give an idea that there's some rationale behind these yeah. thoughts but that many times it it allows other people i'm realizing to process their emotion and it isn't 
knowing immediately how it is. It is that yeah. water trine where it's unknown as the Pisces and it's so deep <laughs> going, you know, down below the, the, yeah. the level of earth um, that, that one has to uh, tr kind of travel to that Pisces allows a person to flow like it's all water, but to flow. Yeah. It's for sure the water flowing underground makes you think of talking heads, right? That's the song with that lyric in it. But also it's wide, Sue, but Neptune is making a wide trine to that new moon. Oh, let's see. Oh, indeed, indeed, indeed. Yes, which, is, it is. Which, is, which is everything you just said. So it's so even while we're having some of this, you know, need to grow up, need to step up, need to have the self-integrity to find the alignment. What are you committed to committing to yourself? At the same time, we have, you know, that reminder of, to me, that ultimate, the compassion. And also too, like with Neptune, Neptune has the ability not just to heal, but to wash away the illusion. So Ooh, dissolve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So part of this, I think, as cancer brings up those memories that feel so true, you know, I mean, my gosh, I know, like I, right now I could like, cancers are emotional hoarders. We hold on to emotional <laughs> memories and emotional things. Like, yeah, I'm, I know. I have moon in the first. So, so, and a lot but, more. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. So Neptune helps us, um, because we, it's not that we want to, everything doesn't need to go, but there are some things that aren't serving. There are some things that aren't helping us be more of what we truly are, you know, more, more of our authenticity. And so I feel like that part of the help here with this new moon is that's almost like a huge bomb, a bomb for the soul. You know, I mean like a healing bomb that not just like covers up the wound, but literally can help to wash away. And like then you recognize, yeah. And you recognize that, that what you thought was there wasn't real anyway. And there's a grieving process in that. That's not easy. That That's takes ownership. Too. It is like having feelings and letting them go. Yeah. There is a bit of a mourning because there's as long and the fortunate what's really important is to remember that there is joy to let one yeah. go back to the moment a long enough to see fresh at the moment and see the potential joy or the, yeah. not potential but what's yeah. right there that is absolutely important everything you've said is so much part of this chart because looking at it there's a sextile at 60 degrees it's a connector force between neptune and all that opposition that's to the oh, right. sun and moon and so that neptune yeah. is truly operating to help us do the transformational from yeah. the, um it could be overwhelmed too you know i mean oh yeah shadow but still the dissolving process that's eventually however it operates that's its goal is it yeah i mean and and the beauty in that is that you i mean th this so from the moon's perspective which again ruling cancer the moon likes to know the moon likes to be comfortable in what it knows right so anytime we talk about you know this um neptune energy coming there's going to be a certain level of threat a threat that life won't be as you thought it was but the exciting part here is that it can be the word better is such a poor one to use here, but I mean more true to you. And then what you said that word joy is we have, we experience that joy. Joy comes when we relieve ourselves of conflicts, right? The moon holds on to a lot of things that create conflicts because it wants to stay safe in what it knows. 
So Neptune is that invitation, especially Neptune and Pisces, like to let go of those conflicts. And with the let going of conflict, you release tension. And that's when you do experience that peace and that joy. So the opportunities there, I'm just saying, I don't think that this new moon, I mean, feeling into where we are as a humanity, we're not going to wake up on this new moon morning and have this happen. But oh no, like, it's but, a process. <laughs> but but like you said, the seeds of this, that's all of these things we're talking about, those seeds are being planted. Yes. And just the intention, if you just, if you did nothing but set little intentions around this, if everybody did that, beautiful. That yes. makes a huge shift in the collective. It is. Is the and feel the intention and feel the best at the moment where one can really open with the with the a feeling back again because again and again feeling is part and parcel of manifestation is so true and you know really when you say about the moon wanting to know it's the unknown that neptune presents but on the other hand if we think of ourselves as incarnated spirits that we are a that is our essential gift of connecting with source, however one defines that energy, that is our navigating center. You know, when they say that I'm the captain of my ship and then I, I get that. I used to know that phrase 100%. I'm the captain of my ship and the navigator of my... I think you must have been a sailor in a past life because you I must a lot have... of those metaphors. Well, you know what I have? I have south, <laughs> south node um, and my moon conjunct. Uh, um, they're at 20, 22 and 24. Spica. Spica. Oh. And Spica is a fixed star that the navigators would yeah, use. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I probably, and Neptune in the first house too. They're all conjunct. So... Yeah, there we go. A lot of this water business. Oh, I'll take this moment to say that next week, uh, which will be August 1st, we will have Planet Buzz, and that's with Dr. Laura Tad. And the title, I'm just doing this half out of my brain here, so I have to, oh, yes, it's going to be the USA's Leo North Node Identity, because we will be in the... Leo archetype. And tonight I am speaking with Tara All of Los Angeles, an evolutionary astrologer and lecturer and speaker and an, an author, a wonderful book that's coming out next month. We trust, I mean, trust, I mean, it's in process. Back to cancer. We're talking about cancer tonight. <laughs> yes, and it's the 18th of July. So find out about Tara at Tara All, and that's lots of A's. That's T A R A. A A L. Otherwise, just check out Talk Cosmos and you'll find how to get in touch with her down in Los Angeles. So here we are finishing up our 28 degree new moon that will be happening on the 20th. And right now we're in that balsamic phase, just finishing up. Oh, so did, did you did you look up the Sabian symbol? No, I didn't. I have my book here. Do you have yours? I, have, I could go get it, but if you know, I've got it right. I, I think you should. I think you should read it. Okay. So I am looking up. Uh, let me look here fast. We're in talking about cancer, right? Yeah. So we need 29 cancer. 29. Okay. There it is. Oh, uh, here it is. And for anybody who doesn't know, it's because we round up when we do Sabian symbols. So yeah. Amuse weighing twins. 
a muse, one of the muses, Wayne twins, is a symbol of man's continual, if not always evident, relationship with the overreality in which he lives and moves and had has his being or her being. It, here, given an emphasis on the side of inner rec- reconciliations, <laughs> right? What you nailed. Yeah. <laughs> Individual existence is always manifest as personality in the world of the senses and as reason in a realm of eternalities. Wow. Shall I go on? And the effective union of these complementary functions is found in the immortal insights ooh, of a spiritual wholeness. Oh, my goodness. Boy, this is you perfect. Are right. It is. Thank you, Tara. A person knows him oneself now one way and now another. Oh, and there, yeah. And there's a new story, new story. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> And therefore realizes their integrity of selfhood. The key word is value. Integrity of selfhood. This is perfect. I didn't even read this first. I love this. No, (laughs) thank you. When positive, the degree is an effectiveness of judgment, irrespective of monetary contradictions on every hand. So it's a degree of effectiveness of judgment. So in other words, it is that alignment and everything. So no matter what else might be telling you otherwise by other yeah. stories, you know about it inside. And when negative and undisciplined, undisciplined, undisciplined perfectionism, in other words, trying to maybe correct things by other people's stories, right? Not yeah. one's own. Yep. Oh. No, it all comes back to you. And all that opposition, all that Saturn and Jupiter and Pluto and Capricorn, they're helping us with that. Absolutely. That is the name of the game. That's something to recall. Thank you, Sue, for reading that. That was lovely. Yeah, it was just, um, they're very insightful. In fact, I'll let you people know that's S-A-B-I-A-N symbols. And this is by Mark Edmund, that's E-D-M-U-N-D Jones, because there is another current Mark Jones that's in England, a wonderful astrologer. But Mark Edmund Jones was really quite renowned of years before. And there's other Sabian interpretations, but that's the root of what we... Yeah. And plus, I think we have to wrap up here. So, well, we do, except that when the music comes on, we have about half a minute. There's another there's another Sabian symbol book, by the way, by Dane Rujar. And it also is a wonderful read. Oh, you know, I need to get that. I forgot. (laughs) Absolutely. In fact, no, I don't have that one. Yes. Very good. Dane Rujar is another just pillar of (laughs) <laughs> astrological strength well from your book what's a takeaway let's we have oh we have like i said a little bit of time here i think before the last minute the takeaway oh. is that when you work with the moon you start to work deeply with the moon you realize all the ways you can integrate your personal kind of self-identity ego self with all of the other parts of yourself and when you do that consciously it's amazing how just your life shifts in so many different ways Oh, thank you, Tara. It's just such a blessing. I keep wanting to come have you back again and again and again. Well, I love it. So thank you for having me. <laughs> we'll work on it. All right, everybody. Thank you so much and many seeds and good growing times. Lots of love. Thank 
Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars.